Hey guys, welcome back to our second um, session, uh, week, whatever you want to call it, with Charlie Lightsey. And we're talking about the presence of God. And well, I don't know if you guys got a lot out of last week, but I'm telling you that idea of that package being tracked and, and everything really got me and uh, got me excited about it because I never have looked at it in the light that all these prophecies were like tracking a package and now that's just so relatable to me because my wife shops on Amazon all the time <laughs> and you were talking about there at one point that Joseph you know he had to agree to accept that package as well and uh, you know and I would never not agree to accept a package uh, that came that my wife decided to order, you know, or whatever, but uh, because I would get in trouble. But Joseph, it was a little different circumstance. But well, so we talked about tracking it. We talked about the fact that the package was delivered last week. We know who it was delivered to, what address it was delivered to. But one of the things that we probably should get into is somebody's got to open that thing up. Right. And so uh, let's just jump right in today and start that because so you I think you've got something to say about that, right? <laughs> so why don't why don't you share a little bit about that? Well, like I said, um, many Christians today, many believers today, mm-hmm. they go around and they confess to be a believer. They confess to be a Christian, and sadly, because religion has culturized us, mm-hmm. basically they're saying, "I've received the package." Mm-hmm question is have you opened it right and then upon having opened it are you even enjoying and experiencing the contents Mm. i mean you can open up the package like a christmas gift you can see what it is you know but if a child never plays with the toy Mm. you know if we as adult never you know hook the tv up right whatever then we're never experiencing the package that the pet present that came inside the package Mm. so what is that what is that present? Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about present, presence. Mm-hmm. Well, the presence is the present. Right. Okay. And the way Holy Spirit showed it to me, because here again, he's talking by himself. Mm-hmm. So I'm, you know, if you go, okay, who do I need to go to? You need to go to the one who knows most about it. Mm-hmm. Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So I said, Holy Spirit, how do I understand this? And here's the way. This may sound corny. This may sound odd. Okay. I'm the king of corny. So All right. Well, <laughs> then then we, we go play off each other really Okay. <laughs> the package mm-hmm. was Jesus. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean no disrespect to Jesus whatsoever. Yeah. None. The name above all names, the right. name of Jesus, that at the name of Jesus, every knee must bow. Right. He's the son of God. The Word of God became flesh and dwelt among us. Mm -hmm. And, of course, we know the sacrifice he made. So, I mean, absolutely no disrespect. I'm just going by what Jesus, by his own admission, is referring to. And that is he's carrying something. Mm. And when he met with his disciples at the Last Supper, he's letting them know. Mm -hmm. Something inside of me Mm -hmm. that is going to be delivered to you. Mm -hmm. And it's going to help you henceforth. Okay. Yeah. Now, in Romans fourteen seventeen, mm-hmm. there's a passage that we read, and we focus, in my opinion, on the wrong thing. For instance, I, I I'm a math teacher. Okay. Yeah. Everything I love math, but there are some things about the English and the grammar that just sort of I've never forgotten. Okay. <laughs> from from right. school. Okay. 
Okay, so let me use a, uh, let me use a an example here, an illustration. I could say Pastor Brian Trent, comma, who is the pastor at the Lighthouse Church in Hampton, South Carolina, comma, is a really great guy. Okay, now I can take out what's between the commas. Yes. And the sentence still makes sense. Oh yeah. So the way I teach it is that's how you know whether to put a comma in. You're right. So you can take out the part about who is the pastor at Lighthouse Church in Hampton, South Carolina. You can take that out and you still have a functional sentence. Yeah. Pastor Brian Trent is a really cool guy. In Romans 14, 17, it says, the kingdom of God is not meat or drink, mm -hmm. but it's righteousness, peace, and joy mm -hmm. in the Holy Spirit. Right. Okay, take out the middle part. The kingdom of God is in Holy Spirit. Mm, yeah. Hmm. That's good. That's good stuff. So Holy Spirit is a carrier. Yes. Holy Spirit, his presence is a carrier that carries the kingdom that Jesus preached. Yeah. So you're saying... He that, said, repent for the kingdom is here because right. the king is inside of me. It's, oh, yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So every time he, he reached out to heal, to deliver, to touch, mm -hmm. the kingdom was being manifested mm -hmm. through Holy Spirit. Mm. So Holy Spirit manifests the kingdom because that's part of what Jesus came to do. Yeah. Yeah, he came to destroy the works of the devil. Yeah, that's part of it. You know. But he came to reveal the Father. Mm -hmm. And he came to reveal the presence. Mm. Yeah, I know you said that you said to me before that Jesus you alluded to it was is the package. Mm -hmm. He is I mean he He's is he is the core thing here. He's that, a I mean, but Holy Spirit is it's the presence. It's the presence. And, and he acknowledges that. Yeah. You know, and in Holy Spirit is the kingdom. And it was it makes sense too because Jesus when he ascended, he said, you know, before he ascended, he said, I, you know, I, I have to go. Right. Because there's one that comes after, after me. me. Absolutely. That and the comforter, I mean, we Absolutely. could go through the list of things. And obviously it yeah. wasn't long after that that we see what happened the day of Pentecost and all that stuff. And, Absolutely. And there was this initial um, you know, uh, I mean, today well, still making a huge, I mean, I've had to learn. That's one of my uh, things of learning to walk, uh, hand in hand with the Holy Spirit. Right. And, you know, so, but well, anyway. that you mentioned that, so I, I'll go ahead and play off of that. It says in some translations, it says a mighty rushing wind. Other translations say a rushing mighty wind. Mm -hmm. Either way, it's the word rushing. Yeah. In the Greek, that's the word Pharaoh. P-H-E-R-O. Mm -hmm. Of the 67 times that's used in the New Testament, that's the only time it's translated rushing. Mm -hmm. Any other time it has to do with bringing, bringing forth, bringing forth. So Holy Spirit comes to bring something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, He's bringing the presence of God. Mm -hmm. He's bringing the kingdom, kingdom revelation, kingdom manifestation. Yeah. So Holy Spirit is the present right. inside the package that Jesus was carrying. And I mean, no disrespect to Jesus. Right. But this is the Trinity. Because the Trinity, exactly. This is the and that's the reason why we can say that. And it's not, you know, heresy. Right. Because it's the Trinity. Yes. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Right. It's so amazing. Yep. It? And it, But that we, we talked about last time um, about leveling that playing field. Mm -hmm. This was the only way to, I mean, you know, he's God. Yeah. He could do it. Everyone, this is the way God chose to level the playing field. Yeah. I love it when it when in, in the Gospels it talks about Jesus when he when he died on the cross, that veil was ripped in half. And yeah. I ran over that scripture for years 
because I didn't understand the Old Testament. I didn't understand, and I'm still working on understanding it, but I didn't understand the uh, the temple and how that was supposed to be and the Holy of Holies and all this stuff and the veil and the priest going in and all this stuff. And if, you, if you're watching this and you don't understand that, I would encourage you to go back and read how they used to have to do this stuff. Right. And Jesus came in and that veil was, that meant that we all at that point have access to the Father. Absolutely. That the Holy of Holies is now available for everyone who chooses to go there. And the only thing that makes us righteous enough is, is Jesus. Yep. Because he's the only one that could do that. Yep. He's the only one to tear it down. And Holy Spirit is the only one who can usher in that presence to bring that comfort, to bring that strength, to bring that. I mean, we would not be able to, scriptures like, go boldly before the throne of God. Right. There's no way that's happening without Holy Spirit. Absolutely. There's no way. Yep. And, well, I, I mentioned it and then I got off on it. I'm, Sorry. I'm, yeah. I, it's easy for me to get on the side. Me it's too. not you, it's me. <laughs> me too. Okay. <laughs> but the word the Holy Spirit gave to me yeah. that I've never heard before. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've heard the word, but not in this context. Mm-hmm. I've heard it in the natural context. And that is this. So I pray I say it correctly. <laughs> okay. Holy Spirit was encapsulated with Jesus. Okay. When we go to the store now, we can go and we can buy acetaminophen, mm-hmm. ibuprofen, mm-hmm. whether it's Tylenol, Motrin, Advil, Aleve, whatever. And they come in time-release capsules. Right. So there's, yeah, yep. That capsule is a package. Yes. And there's a time release on it mm-hmm. where its contents will be manifested. Yeah. Yep. So therefore, that's what we're talking about. There was a timestamp. <laughs> So Mary receives the package. Right. Okay. All right. And she carries this package for nine months. Yes. She brings forth this package. Mm -hmm. And the package walks on this earth for 30 years. Yeah. And then at his baptism, the time release capsule. Yeah. Because that's when we see. And from that moment on, you see the manifestations of the spirit. Yeah. Whether it's to heal, yeah. whether it's to deliver, yeah. whether it's to make food multiply, mm-hmm. none of that happened until age 30. Mm-hmm. That's when it was time released. Oh, that's good. You see what I'm saying? I've got a vitamin that I have to take every day <laughs> that it's a time release yeah. as well. Now, we were talking earlier and you mentioned that we would segue into this. So what happens during that 30-year period? Right. Okay. Well, to me... I personally believe that Jesus was very active and athletic, just like any other kid. As we say now as Sound South, we run and romp. Yeah. Well, he had to be. I mean, the guy walked. Exactly. (laughs) He run and romp just like any other kid. Yeah. However, to me, what distinguished him, and this is the way Holy Spirit showed it to me, was the the way he was distinguished between him and any other kid was, and the way I see it is, is he would rather pray than play. Mm. Mm. He found time to play. Yeah, but he, but he, but he always found time to pray because that was his priority. Well, I mean, it's obvious. The boy, I mean, at twelve years old, yep. mom and daddy pulled the worst mom and daddy move ever, absolutely, and left him 
it, it, there for what well, we know it's probably days. Yeah. And you're one step ahead of me because that's where I was going. Okay, this, is where, uh, this, is, so, this is where it shows up. Right, because yeah, you're like, oh, yeah. he had to have been. Absolutely. You don't just stand up and basically uh, get the oohs and ahs of all these educated yeah. people unless you, well, number one, you're the Word of God. Yeah. Didn't you know I'm, I would be in my father's house? Where else would you expect me? Right. You know, why? Yeah. Because he was telling them. Yeah. I sense something stirring inside. Oh, that's so good. Just, I am Emmanuel. Yeah. But see, before then, before I came, Jesus is saying, presence could only rest upon mm-hmm. ever since the Garden of Eden, mm-hmm. since the first Adam. Mm-hmm. Between the first Adam and the last Adam, presence could only rest upon, mm-hmm. you know, whether to prophesy, to, you know, to perform mighty deeds and everything, mm-hmm. you know, part of Red Sea. <laughs> yeah, right. Presence has got to come upon him. So when he raises that staff, you know, mm-hmm. boom, waters part. But now he's saying, okay, Emmanuel, I am Emmanuel. Remember, Gabriel told you this. Mm-hmm. You told it to me, but it's been confirmed to me. He was constantly being having confirmation. There's something, there's a presence stirring in me that this is unction inside of me that says I must commune. Mm. with my father. Mm. So therefore I must be in my father's house. Mm-hmm. I must be about my father's business even at the age of 12. Mm. Because yeah, I'll play with I'll play with my neighbors. Right. I'll play with the neighborhood kids. <laughs> we'll go play in a ditch, we'll get muddy. Right. You know, we'll throw rocks into the pond and see who can, you know, have the most skips or make the biggest splash. Yeah. Right. I'll go run and play with you. Yeah. But name no mistake about it. Something the whole time I'm going about my business. Yeah. The whole time I'm in school, the whole time I'm at play, mm-hmm. there's something stirring inside of me yeah. that says I must commune mm. with my father. Yeah, it's, um, I have that same yearning now. Yeah. You know, I'm not the son of God by any stretch of imagination, yeah. but I have that presence living and abiding in me. And it, it, it really makes me yearn for more and more right. and more. So, so, well, okay, so um, one of the things we're talking about today, is, well, besides the stuff we've already talked about, is how easy, I mean, it's so important. The presence of God is central to everything that we're doing. One of the things that we did a group study several years ago, uh, one of the things that uh, Henry Blackaby actually said mm-hmm. was, if you want to be, you want to find, you want to be in the midst of what God's doing, you go find what, where he's at, what, what he's active in, exactly. what his favor's on. And just go get involved in that. Mm-hmm. And I think all of us have this natural tendency to want to do it. I think we really want it. Right. But we don't know what to do, how to do it. We make it complicated. It's not, not, I don't think it's that complicated. But we, in our fleshly ways, make it complicated. It's like, for instance, whenever a big revival breaks out, it hasn't been one in years in the United States. But like there was the Florida one back several right. years ago. Everybody went from all over the country to go to this revival because they're seeking it. But the thing I never did because I inside, I'm like, I don't have to go to Florida to experience that. Right. Not, I'm not trying to, right. I'm just saying, I mean, but the problem is I think we all want it, but how easy is it for us to be tempted away from it? Right. Our time, right. You know, all the things that get in the way of the presence of God. If the phone's going to ring, it's probably going to ring whenever right. I pick up my Bible. Right. Or yep. whatever it is. If the kids are going to cry or scream or fight or do anything, it's probably going to be whenever I'm, you know. So we really have to be extremely intentional about it. So one of the things I guess I wanted us to talk about was 
what are some practical tips? I mean, this is the most important thing that we could be pursuing every day. Absolutely. Is the presence of God. Yeah. And I've shared in a sermon recently where, you know, we've been made righteous through Jesus, but we still have a responsibility to pursue righteousness. Right. It, and we can't end right there. Because pursuing righteousness is part of unwrapping that gift that you've talked about, the presence, uh, the present and the presence. I guess what are some practical ways that we can help share with people that to finally, you know, you're tempted to get out of this, uh, but you know deep down you have to pursue this presence, but things keep getting in your way. Right. What can we do? Yeah. Well, um, you were quoting... Uh, others, you know, that you've already mentioned that uh, they, they make a quote and it sticks in your mind. I heard Mario Murillo say this one time, um, and he said this. He says, I mean, if I can remember correctly, it says, whereas we pause life to do prayer, mm. Jesus pause prayer to do life. Ooh, yes. Oh, yeah. So when I started meditating on that, when you hear something like that, you just meditate on it. Right. So therefore, the disciples and many believers have what we call a prayer life. Mm-hmm. Jesus had a life of prayer. Mm. And that matches up with Scripture. Exactly. In, in 1 Corinthians 5, 17. Yeah. You know, pray without ceasing. But in the Passion Translation, it says, make your life a prayer. Yeah, well, I was praying over that because exactly. when I was uh, 18, 19 years old, I read that. And I was like, what the heck does that mean? Right. I can't, like, not work. I can't, yeah. like... I gotta go to the bathroom occasionally. Mm-hmm. I gotta eat occasionally. Absolutely. How am I supposed to do this? And it, and the more I meditated on it, the more I prayed about it. It was like God said, "No, you need to make every thought, everything that you do, prayer." Yep. And then I had this issue where uh, you know I would look at a girl mm-hmm. or something like that, maybe in a way I shouldn't. And I thought, "Oh crap! I just prayed that." <laughs> you know, I just that was like, oh, you know, and and then it, it and I know that's kind of crazy and everything. <laughs> But surely somebody relates to me. I'm thinking, oh gosh. I mean, that's, I mean, but God already knows my heart. And I don't have that issue anymore. But at the same time, I think, you know, this changes how I approach prayer. Right. You know, every thought. And of course, scripture says to bring every thought captive and all this stuff. And it really is. I mean, I love how you put it though. That he paused prayer to do life. To do life. And every time we see, a lot of times in the gospel, we see him retreating. Right. The best he could yep. away. And he was going back to what he was really doing. Yep. Absolutely. And he was taking a break. Come on. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, and see, you know, as a pastor, that that word prayer mm-hmm. is something that has become so religious. Oh, yeah. My goodness. That's one of the most religious terms. Yes. That we have. Mm-hmm. is prayer mm-hmm. and people are scared off by it yeah quite frankly yeah because their concept of it is making requests yeah no 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 you think of it that way if you think of prayer as a principle mm-hmm. but if you look at it through the lenses of presence mm-hmm. then prayer is communion yeah so therefore it begins whenever we receive Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior mm-hmm. before then, you know, yeah, we 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 go throw up a prayer for rain. Mm-hmm. A farmer's gonna say, you know, good Lord, win, and I can, good Lord willing, I sure could use some rain, right. you know, crops and everything. He yeah. ain't never seen Jesus as a personal Lord and Savior, right. but he's throwing up a prayer. Yes, you know, good Lord willing, I you know really could use a good harvest. You know, yeah. well, that's an honest prayer. Yeah, 
but it's a request. Right. And even after people receive Jesus, they're well, like Mary. They're saying, okay, I'm giving you an address for Emmanuel to come and take up residence within me. Mm-hmm. But then they say, whenever they say I'm a believer or I accepted Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior, well, that's great. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. But their limited understanding is I've got a package. Yes. I've got a package. Yeah. I've got a package. Okay, well, what's in the package? Yeah. Emmanuel. Just like in the package, that seed mm-hmm. that was placed into Mary was presence. Mm-hmm. So therefore, we need to constantly acknowledge presence within. Mm-hmm. So that, therefore, it's not a matter of making a request. Yeah. It's a matter of acknowledging mm-hmm. presence within. Mm-hmm. So prayer is just having, having a community. It's Communion. like... It's like yeah. Having a, a a phone conversation that yeah. never stops. Well, well, see, it's interesting you mention that, and this is this is just great how God's orchestrating this, because in my mind, in my mental outline, I had this you know further down the line, but we'll we'll bring it to the forefront. All right. Okay. To me, I've got my cell phone here, even though I've got it turned down, so I couldn't be disturbed. But I just it goes with me wherever I go. Right. I understand. Okay. So I'm gonna turn it backwards here, you know. So just in case I hit the thing, you don't see. You know, <laughs> you know, my, my daughter may be like, well, why you got to put my picture, you know, <laughs> you know on the video? Yeah. So I'm going to do it like this. Okay. To me, this day and time, we don't, we're not used to this. We're used to Bluetooth. Oh, yeah. We're used to earbuds. Yeah. Headsets, <clears throat> that sort of thing. So therefore, and I haven't really figured all that out yet. You know, I have AirPods and stuff like that, but all this business of, you know, tapping and all that kind of mm, stuff. Yeah. I'm not really used to that, you know. Right. So, but what we do is, is we are used to this right here, mm-hmm. holding a phone to our ear. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, going to the Bluetooth concept, to me, it's like if Jesus walked and talked with a constant Bluetooth communication mm-hmm. with the Father. <clears throat> oh, yeah. You know, he didn't have earbuds, AirPods, you know, beats or anything like that on his ear. Right. But he was in constant Bluetooth communication. With the Father. Yeah. Now, the way I would relate it would be if I'm sitting here on the phone and I'm sitting there talking to someone and you walk in the room and I'll be like, hold on a second. Yeah. And I put the phone down and I see what you need. Yeah. Okay. And then you pick back up. Okay. Where was I? Yeah. That's communion. So, okay. That's really good stuff. And basically one of the things that we can do to avoid those temptations to the busy schedule and everything is realize that the emphasis needs to be on our relationship and communion mm-hmm. with him. And we're not talking about crackers and mm-hmm. grape juice or whatever you do for communion. We're talking right. about community, com- talking about fellowshipping and with each other we're talking we're we're there's going to be requests there's going to be tears there's going to be joy there's going to be excitement god deserves it all he's he wants it all right i mean he so um i think basically in a sense we need to prioritize what's most important in our lives absolutely and that's where probably a lot of us really struggle is you know i see it a lot you know as a pastor you know People they think, well, you know, I, I got to go to work to make money, but, and I know you do. I mean, I'm not, I like working. I like, I really actually do like working, but I realize that my provider is not my job. Right. The provider is not this government. The provider is, my provider is the one who give me 
the air to breathe, actually give me the greatest resources to be able to even go do any of what Mm -hmm. I do. And my priority has to be on him. Absolutely. Well, see, Jesus communed with the Father. Yeah. And when you see the phrase, Abba, Father, Mm -hmm. Abba means source. Mm -hmm. So what comes from a source? Resources. Mm -hmm. So we commune with the source to be able to have the resources. Yes. To do life. It's resource. I mean, it's, Absolutely. it's, uh, he it's is resource. The source. We're resourcing what he's given us exactly. because he is the source. So that's what Jesus did. Yeah. I never say anything unless I hear the father say it. I never do anything unless the father tells me. Mm-hmm. And that was Jesus's mode of operation. And it, and it, all that lines up with scripture because it says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his Absolutely. righteousness. And then all these things, these resources yeah. will mm-hmm. be added to you. And it's not that God's going to make you a millionaire. He may, whatever. I don't know. It doesn't, I mean, everybody's different things. But uh, people are is, seeking the resources. They are seeking the resources. And see, and see, when they're seeking the resources, then when they don't have, they call on their don't available they. presence. Mm-hmm. When, like you said, if they're seeking first the kingdom of God, then they're communing with their abiding presence. Right. Okay. Now you just went into <laughs> this. So you can't. We can't leave that hanging right there. We got to talk about it second because. <laughs> There's two distinct things that you just mentioned there. Right. One is available, one's abiding. And I think that all of us could probably wrap our mind around that and it's the practical sense of the fact that being available is, well, you can you can holler at me. Mm-hmm. Abiding is, I'm right here, yeah. right? And But I like that because you talk about that, Simon. We might as well talk about that, yeah. right? What's the difference in your yeah. opinion when it comes to you know, your educated, experienced opinion from the Word of God, from your experience, available and abiding. Okay, well, let me ask you to do it this way. How great would it be if Jesus, now we know Jesus is not returning like he did before to walk among us for three and a half years. Right. When he returns, that's the end of the age. You know, he's yeah. the rapture. He's coming back for a glorious church. <laughs> okay, but let's just say that put ourselves either in the disciples era or ask ourselves, how marvelous would it be if Jesus was to show up and he called us to be among his 12 to walk and talk with him? Okay? How, how powerful would that be? Oh my God. What an honor. Yeah. What an honor would be, you know, we know it, it, would, it wouldn't happen because of the word, you know, we know that. Yeah. Right. He's not when he returns again. Is you know, but but, well, but but it's just just for the sake of yeah, hypotheticals. Here. I like it. All right, let's say Jesus shows up. Mm-hmm. He walks up through the parking lot. We hear a knock on the door. We go open the door, and there's this glorious radiance of presence that we know it's not an angel. And Jesus shows up and says, "Hey, come, follow me." Yeah. Okay. All right. You forget about pastoring this church. I forget about you know being a principal of a school. Yeah. And we take off and we follow him. Yeah. Okay. Now, just like the disciples did. Yeah. Okay. And it's amazing. All it took was one word. Come. Yeah. It's okay. always amazing. <laughs> so, and that's another whole teaching. That's another whole 20 minute segment. <laughs> but anyway, would you rather, how magnificent would it be for you to be able to walk alongside Jesus mm-hmm. as the disciples did? Mm-hmm. However, as powerful as that was, they still saw him as their available presence. Well, yeah, they proved Bail me out of a jam. Yeah. The winds and waves in Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. So true. Carest not that we perish? Yes. Yeah. They were calling on their available presence. Yeah. And we shame them for it. 
Y'all guys, what are y'all thinking? You know, why do y'all speak to Jesus like that? Right. But we do the same thing. We, absolutely. We yeah. do the same thing. Why? Because we're going about life, mm-hmm. and then we pause life to do prayer, to call on our available presence mm-hmm. when we need something. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm so when good. there's a crisis situation, for sure. Mm-hmm. But even if there's a need, financial, physical, then we want to do prayer then. Mm-hmm. Jesus is saying, what about the other 167 and a half hours of your week? Yeah, right. What about that? So would you rather have Jesus walking among us, mm-hmm. as the disciples did, where he could get separated from you, mm-hmm. lost in a crowd, mm-hmm. as they often, where's Jesus? Right. He's off praying. Yeah. We need him here. Yeah. Where's he at? He got time we need him. him. We got a decision to make. You know, we're running out of food. What's for supper? Right. You know, where are we going next? Yeah. People are wanting to know. This crowd of people want to know where are we going next? Yeah. We don't we can't answer that. Mm. So we're trying to look for Jesus, but he's he's wandered off to go pray. Or would we rather have Holy Spirit and presence living inside of us mm. where we are inseparable? Yes. Absolutely. There, there is go. no separation. Jesus did And it. Jesus prepared the disciples for that day. Yeah, yeah. That was part of his three and a half year journey was to prepare the disciples for such a time. And that's why he sent them out. He sent them out in Matthew chapter 10. And he sent them out in pairs. Mm-hmm. But he was trying to get them used to an abiding presence. Mm-hmm. He was training them all along for yeah. this abiding presence. Yeah. And then when the moment of truth finally came, I must go away, mm-hmm. but I'm going to send another comforter. It still rattled her cage. Yeah. What? Yeah. Are you serious? It yeah. can't be. Peter even rebukes him in Matthew 16. Yeah. You know, oh, Peter the shepherd must be struck and the sheep will be scattered. What? Not me. Yeah, right. No, no. No, not me. Yeah. What? How dare you, Jesus? That's not our plan. <laughs> right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So they had a hard time fathoming that, fathoming that, but Jesus was explaining them the whole time, I'm preparing you for the day mm-hmm. where you're not going to have me walking alongside you in a physical form, but you're going to have me living within you. And yet that's the present that many people neglect mm-hmm. because they're content having just received a package. I think it's one of the, one of the to me as a parent, and, and you, have, you have five kids, Six and uh, there's a lot of kids between us. We could have a football mm-hmm. team. <laughs> and uh, one of the things that we look at the biblical pattern of raising children, and we look at the relationship of the father, son, and we look at various things like that. But one of the things is that we we had a pastor tell us years ago. You know, you parent with the end in mind. You enjoy your children. You enjoy their presence. You enjoy their being young. You enjoy. Right. You don't let any of those moments leave you. That you're always thinking ahead. As a good, as a good, decent parent, one day I'm not going to be there to protect right. little Johnny, or to whatever it may be, and they're going to have to know how to be a good steward. They're going to have to know how to stand up and how to be bold or how to provide or whatever it may be. Uh, and of course, when it comes to the relationship with God, that's always been a big one for me, obviously. And we're not, we're we're kind of probably not as we're not. I'm not big on getting stuck in just because everybody's doing it. We right. should do that. Um, I've never, we sit down and we do devotions occasionally, but we're not big on that. Um, the reason is because I encourage my kids to have a relationship. Have their own. Absolutely. Um, so I want them reading the word of God for themselves. They need to hear for themselves. They too. do. And 
um, so far it's been great and they all have and I don't want them to look at me as God I'm just I'm their father earthly father Mm -hmm. and they are a gift from the ultimate of all fathers and I think about that a lot and that I'm really available Uh, I'm abiding with them, but one day I'm not going to abide with them. Whereas the relationship we have with the Father through the Holy Spirit is is one that can be abiding all the time. And I love that because so many people, you talk about prayer being that, it's kind of that crutch a lot of people do. Well, Mm -hmm. a lot of times, Christians, this is how a Christian says no. Well, I'll pray about it. That's typically how Christians say no. Mm -hmm. And if somebody somebody tells me that, generally I know, well, they're, they're... baloney whatever They're blowing you off yeah and but it's really a big deal prayer is in that fact because it's something that we should be doing all the time we should make our lifestyles around it but i know for me and i, and I say this just like you said you don't want no disrespect to jesus I don't, I don't want to disrespect prayer at all right but we spend too much time talking and praying than we do doing Absolutely. And if we're reading the Word of God and we're in relationship, abiding relationship, mm-hmm. then we would probably not spend as much time in prayer as what we do, if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. I, I you, you, you're, you're, you're already getting ready for another whole segment. Okay. So I think, and I don't want to make anybody mad. I'm yeah. not trying to downplay no, no, prayer. Uh-huh. I'm just saying that if we did more mm-hmm. and if we lived that life in that abiding presence and we prayed, made our lifestyles of prayer. And like you said, we pause prayer to come out and do life. We're already praying. Absolutely. I already know. You know, if somebody says, well, hey, would you be willing to do this? Yeah. Well, I don't say. Well, very rarely will you hear me say, well, let me pray about that. And it's not that I'm perfect or anything at all. It's that, oh, I already know. That lines up with the Word of God. That lines up with what God is speaking in me already. Because He's abiding with you. He is, right. But if you're not acknowledging His abiding presence then you got to go consult your available presence. And that's why you say, I need to pray about it. <laughs> exactly. Why? Because you're saying, okay, I need to go pick up my phone and call him because he's not with me right now. Right. That's basically what you're saying. Yeah, it is. But if you're, but, but, but in your spirit, if you're acknowledging his abiding presence, yeah. you're going to get a peace. Yeah. You're going to get a confirmation. You're going to get a check in your spirit if it's not God. Right. You're going to get a confirmation if it is. Yeah. It's good stuff, That's man. why he abides. So right there, we're going to end this one right there. That's a, that, We're going to leave people hanging, man. Oh, boy. So it's good stuff. Um, we'll come back uh, next week and we'll talk about, we're going to dive deeper into that, available and abiding, and, and how we can move from that uh, available to right. the abiding, because it's accessible for all of us. And uh, I want to encourage people and help people do that. And I think people really do want to. If, if, if you're watching this, if you're engaging in this, you are tired of just uh, being available yeah. and, and you want to move to the abiding presence. Absolutely. And you don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be an evangelist. You don't have to be a prophet. You don't have to be, you can, you're just uh, uh, somebody who knows Jesus, you know? Speaking of which, I know you got to cut this off, but none of the disciples were already in vocational ministry when he called them. Mm, wow. He called folks just like us. Absolutely. And he called them out of your occupation. Mm-hmm. Not that you have to leave your job. Right. You know, 
but he called them out of your occupation into presence so you can take presence back into your occupation. Listen, it's the same thing I talk about. People, young people come to me and say, well, I'm, I'm, and there's nothing wrong with it. I'm going to go get a degree and, you know, and I'm going to be a church leader and all this. And when churches need leaders. But businesses need leaders. Absolutely. There's the marketplace needs leaders. Absolutely. And we need people who are running multi-billion dollar companies mm-hmm. that know Jesus yep. and who are walking in that abiding presence. Yep. And there are companies that are out here today doing it. Right. And I'm not going to name those companies because I don't want to like, you know, go crazy or anything. Right. But there are companies that are doing it. And there are CEOs that are doing it, CFOs and, and so on and so forth. The marketplace needs people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that because the church, this is this this that we're in is a building. The church exists in the body of Christ, who works, who fishes. Yes, that is it. So, but that's anyway. another whole topic. So we, we're going to cut this one off. And thank you guys. Uh, any questions, comments? Man, I hope you're dropping those comments in there. We'll connect with you, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you next week.